the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Trinity School for Ministry in Ambridge, Pennsylvania. Hello and welcome to Bisburg. I'm your host, John Hall. Today, let's talk about an epidemic, not the pandemic, but an epidemic that really has silently, I would say, swept the world. My guess is you know someone. Six degrees of separation, probably one degree, maybe two, who has Alzheimer's or dementia. This is something that's been a rise in the last several decades. And uh, if we can believe what we're being told, the epidemic will soon overtake the world. Well, here to talk to us about the growing prevalence of Alzheimer's and dementia from Trinity School for Ministry is Associate Professor of Practical Theology, Director of the Doctor of Ministry at Trinity, the Reverend Jack Gibig. Jack, Reverend, welcome to the show. Hey, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Jack, it's a, it's a really good topic to have because, like I said, I mean, it, it's really just like a lion out of its cage in society, isn't it? There's there's just so much going on in the prevalence. It, it just keeps growing uh, right now at, at alarming rates. Um, I guess there's a, there's a number of reasons why. I, I, it's still new enough that people are doing research to, to sort that out. But people are living longer. Um, there's normal aging that happens in the brain, you know, and sometimes it's even mild cognitive impairment. Um, but there's something really happening that they're they're starting to wonder: is it is it chemicals? Is it steroids? Is it you know we take so many medicines and one cancels out the other, and you know all these sorts of things, plastics, let alone mentioning the effects of stress on the brain mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, and social media. I mean, the, the smartphones are designed to interrupt your day and to steal your attention and to get you to act and buy things and react and do things. So all of that's created quite a quite a, a combination of things that really uh, could play into um, what's going on with Alzheimer's right now in and American I, culture. I think it's probably fair to say, right? I mean, American culture and worldwide. In America, I mean, any guesstimate, any idea about numbers, not, not that it would make a, you know, that much of a difference. But like I said, you know, it's one degree, two degrees of separation. We probably all know someone in our own families or certainly in our communities who is suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia. But it has to be in the tens of millions of people. Right. Right. It's um, at, at present... As of last year, it was well more than six million people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're they're looking at uh, again with with the stresses and all that's going on. They're estimating that by 2050, it could be upwards of 13 million or more. Really, um, um, and what's really sad is as people live longer, one in three seniors is actually dying from Alzheimer's more than more than breast cancer, prostate cancer, any of those other things that often happen. When folks live longer, uh, Alzheimer's is actually um, settling into the whole body system and is is actually a a major cause of death now. Hmm. So it's interesting to see um, 
Alzheimer's in sort of like a, a secular sphere. I, I think about, you know, we've just gone through the award season and whatnot, and there's been several things that I've read over the last couple of weeks about, about Lady Gaga. Um, you know, of course, Lady Gaga, n- known in, uh, you know, the, the entertainment world as a world-class singer. She she was good friends with Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett's been around since the 50s, and uh, I'm sure he's, uh, I think, 95 years old. He himself has Alzheimer's. And, and so there's someone like Lady Gaga at the prime of her career engaging with an artist, and that artist, Tony Bennett, you know, with that skill set that's a muscle memory all these many, many years, and I'm sure hundreds of thousands of hours singing over his lifetime. So the secular world gets to see someone with empathy and compassion, loving on someone with Alzheimer's and dementia. It's really, it's a good public model. So talk about that, about the theology uh, of caring for those with Alzheimer's and dementia. Because, you know, if we see an entertainer do it, well, then it's reached, you know, sort of critical mass mainstream culture. But, you know, there's a big difference between the secular care and a theological Jesus care of those suffering from dementia. Sure. I mean, it comes down to being human. I mean, we have, we're, by our design, by being created, um, humans have a capacity and uh, innate desire to care for others, right? So just in a secular sense, there is compassion. Oh my goodness, this guy is so talented. We care about him. And Lady Gaga has really reached out. And it's really amazing to watch those two interact because as soon as she starts singing, he's on point. Right. It's just just amazing. It's beautiful. Um, But theologically, um, when we think about um, Christian anthropology, uh, that comes on. I'm sorry to go theological on you. No, no, please do. But you, but you ask. There, there. I always think in three levels. There's theological anthropology, which is what does it mean to be made in the image of God, which is memory, reason, skill, freedom of will, relationality, dominion, and consciousness. All of those things that go into what it means to be a human because we're made in the image of God, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and all the monotheistic religions share that. Um, then there's Christological anthropology. What does it mean that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and literally lived trauma? I mean, it's true his life was filled with stress and filled with, with accusation and, you know, he, he's demonic and all these things. But the last 24 hours of his life were nothing short of trauma. And what, what Christian anthropology tells us is the Word became flesh and blood and met us head-to-head, toe-to-toe, skin-to-skin, um, to save us. And so there's value in the fact that we're made in the image of God so much that he condescended, he came down and got as good as it gets. He's had it better, and as bad as it gets, he's had it worse. Mm-hmm. So he gets in to the mire and the muck and gets underneath it, uh, even to the point of you know being killed and buried in the ground. And, of course, the earth couldn't contain it. It exploded because he's the author of life, right? Yes. So the first is theological anthropology. The second is Christological. What does it mean that the Word became flesh, that the one through whom all things were made took on human flesh and was born as a babe, etc.? The third is pneumatological anthropology. The reason Jesus came was to make a different kind of human being. 
because the Spirit of God is poured out in us, and we're being conformed to the image of God. Um, and that's a glorious, I mean, if, if we saw what we were designed to be, that is glorious. Uh, we'd be tempted to worship one another, which would be a mistake. And if you look at the book of Revelation, the angels always tell you, don't do this. Um, but we are created for glory, and it's God's desire and design, and the world is off kilter. And he is, until the day when he says, behold, I make all things new, um, we're stuck in a world where we have, it's like Alzheimer's. Um, and the church, um, knowing that we have this inherent dignity, um, uh, we can't just ignore this and act like, well, we'll just block you away and, and you know, keep you out of the mainstream. No, these are people that Jesus died for, like me and like you, who have forgotten who they are, but God hasn't forgotten and um, so uh, have they stopped being made in the image of God because they've lost a No. Um, and we need to be, we, the church, you know, with all the people that we know, and it's so painful, we need to be in the mix, and we need to be a, bit, a little bit better informed both of what causes it, that maybe we could slow the progression, etc. but also how do we respond with the kind of dignity that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, so I, I don't know. I just I just look at the nature of uh, you know what it is to be made in the image of God, and and that He became like us, and He filled us with the Spirit because there's a day coming when we're going to reach this this, this glory. So um, we can't lose the sight of, of this is all aimed at something, and all things work for the good. I want to be careful not to damage people with that kind of talk, but but God is has not left us alone, and He is at work. We just don't see in the present world what what all will come of it. That's really so. good. That's very well said. Jack Abig is with us. The Reverend Jack Abig, Doctor Jack Abig, is with us from Trinity School for Ministry in Ambridge, Pennsylvania. We're talking about Alzheimer's and dementia, and uh, to be made in God's image. How do we look at those who are suffering through this? I mean, Jack, what you said was really interesting. We, you know, we live in a an Alzheimer's world, a dementia world, where we through, see through a, a glass darkly. We really can't make sense of this, just like as someone with Alzheimer's would. So, uh, what I love is that you know Trinity is doing something to inform people about uh, Alzheimer's, whether it's. Uh, the progression of the disease, the caregiver of the disease, the Christology of the disease, all that. So take a moment, Jack, and please tell us about the upcoming event. And uh, if people are listening right now and want to be connected and, and engaged with this event, uh, tell us all those details as well. Sure. Um, since we are a school for ministry, we, our faculty are brilliant, and they're all publishing. They love the Lord. And they're doing really good theological work. But as uh, one of the things I really love about this faculty is they all care about ministry. And we are a school for ministry. We're not just a theological college writing deep theological treatises. It, uh, we uh, want to ask the question, so what? And one of my colleagues always um, jokes because I call us the so what department, uh, the pastor of pastoral theology. Why would I study the scripture if it doesn't change my life? Why would I think in theological categories if it doesn't help me to think something through? Um, so we often, um, so we want to form people 
spiritually, intellectually, and practically to be effective ministers of the gospel. And if we think about it, I mean, Jesus, uh, the first thing he did when he came on the scene was not just preach, but he was demonstrating the kingdom of God, cast out demons, heal the sick, um, say the kingdom of God is, is, is at hand. So there's this combination between proclamation and uh, and demonstration, if you will. And that really sets the tone for the DNA here. Um, so what we've been doing um, I graduated from here 28 years ago, and um, was in was in parish ministry, and then uh, studied and taught at a different um, uh, seminary, and came back here five years ago. So it's really been homecoming, and coming back to that DNA where it's really about mission and ministry, and change, watching people's lives change. Not us doing it's the Lord, right? Yes. One of the things that we've been emphasizing. All along, but for the past five years, I've decided to highlight our kind of pastoral responses one day, um, either seminars, one or two day seminars, mini conferences that really get people on the ground to think about how do we deal with, with the various epidemics that are going on. We had one on, on helping people deal with lust and pornography, another on transgenderism, another on um, on mental health care, etc. And so this summer, um, we're hosting on June 16, um, uh, Experiencing Alzheimer's Forgetful But Not Forgotten. And we're featuring Dr. Carol Harold, who's a medical doctor who studied and, and worked with um, gerontology and the aging and particularly Alzheimer's for, for decades. Um, and she's going to come spend the day with us. The way the schedule would work is we would begin with chapel at 8.30, and then a, a light continental sort of breakfast, a morning session, uh, which would have a couple of topics that she'd deal with lunch, afternoon session, and then back to, um, back to uh, chapel for evening and then dismiss to go home. In the morning, what she's going to address is um, understanding Alzheimer's. What is it? What's its prevalence? How does it happen? What's, what, um, what, what, are, what happens in the mind and in the brain with uh, short-term versus long-term memory? Like, um, like Tony Bennett, who can remember all these songs and memories of younger years, um, but can't remember whether or not he ate this morning or something like that. How does that happen? And what, you know, to, to really dig in in the first session and take a look at long-term, uh, short-term, why, why doesn't short-term lock in? Um, and then a break, we'll come back and we'll have um, a session on how does it progress? What are the common on, onset, you know, mild cognitive impairment is not a determinant, but it's, it's an indicator something may be going on. And many people have, you know, aging is normal. We, we forget names or yes. it takes us a minute to get around. But then there's mild cognitive impairment that, that can set in, and that might be a sign. She's going to explore that, ways that we can recognize what's going on, um, what's the progression, uh, what are the common behaviors, how do we respond? I mean, for example, one of the things um, that I've learned over the years, I've been in in full-time ministry for more than 35 years, um, is I don't correct mistaken statements 
um, if it's if it's just incorrect information, I, it, it just upsets people. So I just kind of go along. If it's really crucial, I mean, somebody's going to walk in the street. That's different. Sure. But just how do we respond to love the person who's there and not have to like, no, you 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 have mistaken information. She's going to walk us through and have us think about uh, about that um, and how to how to express kindness and how to um, kind of work with the conversation for where they are and, you know, some of those things. We'll have lunch, um, and after lunch, then we'll have a session on some of the spiritual aspects of uh, what are the things that we can do, uh, how do we remind them. I mean, singing, for example, is really profound. I, I don't know how often I will go in and talk to somebody and just sing the simplest little kind of um, refrains or the simplest little um, ditties, uh, choruses mm-hmm. where with a verse of scripture that you sing really? and all of a sudden they're right with you. And it reminds them of, of their upbringing and, and gives them peace. Just very simple things as well as some of the spiritual aspects of how do we incorporate them intentionally uh, within the life of a community and for worship. We visit them. If they're still moving around, can we bring them to us without frightening them? You know, it's, it's overwhelming. Um, but to offer pastoral care, what do we do? Uh, again, a little break there. And then the, the last session will be really drilling down on how can clergy and churches support uh, folks with Alzheimer's with some of the things we've just talked about. But to be more strategic about it and very intentional, and then um, also not just the victims who who suffer from Alzheimer's, but those who care for them. Yes, yes. Because if, if you look at the stats, um, the, the numbers of people who are caring for people with Alzheimer's mm-hmm. who are not medical professionals, these are family people, neighbors, right. etc. It's it's pretty amazing just to see. Um, you know, the numbers of people that, and the numbers of hours that are given to care for Alzheimer's patients. And if the church is aware and can build in systems and structures and uh, facilitate some of that, so they get the support to stay in the game. Fabulous. It, 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 it's long term. So, you know. Jack, I mean, all that, it, that sounds really amazing. R- really, it does. I mean, so kudos to Trinity uh, School for Ministry and for yourself to put this forward. Now, yeah, as I hear you talk, you, you, you know, your keynote speaker is going to present a wide arc of information. So um, some people, you know, like a caregiver, a spouse might go, I need to hear, you know, this uh, for other people, well, you know, I don't have a connection yet to someone. So, you know, the intended audience for this, I'm sure, uh, is wide and varied, is it not? Indeed. And um, most people do know somebody, but if you don't, you probably will. Mm-hmm. And if, if it's the sort of thing that, that is helpful uh, for clergy who may have, you know, some training in pastoral theology or pastoral care, but they haven't drilled very deeply on this particular issue, or it could just be um, somebody whose whose mother is struggling, mm-hmm. or father, or neighbor, and they say, "Hey, I'd I'd love to get to think about this." We'll also point to uh, we don't have, we used to have a bookstore. We'll, we'll we don't anymore, but we'll point to resources and have oh. examples of resources um, 
that uh, that folks might go pick up, whether online or in a number of places. There's a, it's a really lovely um, faith-based, uh, Christian faith-based uh, support group guide that helps both with folks who suffer from, from Alzheimer's, but also to give support to those who do. I have examples of that. Um, and some books that we could point to and some flyers and things like that so that folks know where to start to look. Very good. So if you just joined us, this is Bisberg. I'm John Hall today. Our guest is the Reverend Dr. Jack Big from a Trinity School for Ministry in Ambridge, Pennsylvania. We're talking about an event that's coming up on June 16th at Trinity School for Ministry in Ambridge. Um, Reverend, the event is called the Herald Event. Uh, well, I'm calling it the Herald event because it's uh, it's Dr. Carol Harold I see. who who did work uh, at in in the city of Pittsburgh, faith based uh, medicine. Um, you know, a deeply Christian woman who who worked for uh, clinics and, and hospitals. Um, I call it the Herald event because I I know her. I see. Okay, so uh, the people the, are the listening. Name, the name of it. Yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, the name of it is experiencing Alzheimer's forgetful, but not forgotten. Very good. So uh, if people are listening right now and think, well, wait, uh, th- this is for me or someone I know and love, uh, what's the best way to for, for contact? A, a web address and phone numbers and whatnot? Yeah. Um, we Our website is uh, tsm, Trinity School for Ministry, dot edu, tsm.edu. And as you open up on there, um, the, there are banners that run across the front, and there's events and, you know, the classes that we offer, etc. cetera. Um, uh, and you can just see scrolling on the banner and go in and, and click uh, uh, on news and events and that sort of stuff. And there's a, there's a, um, a couple of pages on this. The cost is $25, uh, which is Very not bad. No. Um, yeah. Lunch as and well. If somebody... With lunch as well. If somebody really is, um, they're strapped and that happens, um, we'd be glad to figure out a way of coming inside and helping. Thank you for that. Um, you can you can just go in there and they can they can send me an email uh, right through the website um, and we'll I'd be glad to reach out and find a way. But it, um, yeah, as I say, we're we're a school for ministry that wants to be a gospel presence and make a difference in the world because. We're convinced that um, one died for all. Therefore, we, we lay down our lives for each other and for the world. So, Very good. So Trinity School for Ministry, the website is tsm.edu, tsm.edu. The event is June 16th. Uh, Jack, with just a, a few minutes left, take a second and talk about Trinity. I mean, uh, what I see, what, I, what I'm listening to is that you're you're building a bridge. There's a community here, right? For people who not normally enter into a seminary setting, you're saying our, our doors are open. Um, we've got a heart for Jesus. We've also have an intellectual uh, strength as well. We want to engage the community in both of those things. Yes, absolutely. Um, we, we have a variety of programs, of course, uh, you know, MA, which is more of an academic, introductory academic degree, MDiv, which is preparation for ordination, um, STM, which is like the beginning of, of working towards a PhD. You want to do profound research. We also have a doctor of ministry program, which is about uh, equipping uh, scholar pastors and leaders 
for the mission of Christ in the world. So we, we take the academic and have academic rigor, we take that seriously because we don't want to be pragmatists and just you know grab a verse of scripture and drop it on top of whatever works. Right. Uh, we want to think deeply, um, not only intellectually, but also prayerfully. Like, like that's why our day begins and ends in the chapel. We think prayerfully about, Lord, what are you doing in the world? Um, but then we, we host the events uh, throughout the course of the year. And uh, we have a number of folks who just come to say, I don't want a degree. Can I audit? Hmm. You absolutely can sign up and audit a class in, in one of the biblical languages or an overview of scripture or um, you know, systematic theology, all these various things. Um, folks are more than welcome. We have a number of people who come from around the city uh, just because they, they find it, um, both the atmosphere and that sense of formation between the prayerful uh, approach and the, 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 the thoughtful approach, um, and again, skills-based approach that we're, we're trying to, to, we want to be like Jesus and the apostles. Yeah. We just went and did what he did, right? Yeah. They saw him do it. He equipped them. He gave them the spirit, and there, there you go. So. Jack, I love it. I mean, I just thank you so much. Really, uh, you, your your presence here today has made my day. I I, I can feel it in the conversation, and uh, of course, your heart breaks for those suffering through Alzheimer's and dementia, the people themselves, the caregivers, the community. But uh, really, it's it's exciting that uh, Trinity is going to do this on June sixteenth. So, thank you so much for being with us and to let our audience know about the event. Yeah, well, thank you for uh, for you know reaching out and and once you heard about it, inviting us to kind of speak about it. We uh, we feel like uh, it's an honor to get to do what we do, to be in concert with uh, what God's doing in the world. So, mm-hmm. if, if we're found faithful, it was Him. Amen. To all God be all the glory. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. Trinity School for Ministry uh, online. Trinity School for Ministry. TSM. Edu. The event is June sixteenth to understand and try to decipher Alzheimer's and dementia, uh, caregivers, theologians, people like you and I who are just interested in loving Jesus at the same time, Trinity School for Ministry. This has been Bisberg. Jack, you th- thanks so much for, for being with us. Hey, thank you, John. Our great yes. pleasure. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.